Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. If God showed us the whole journey, we'd never take the first step. That was again said by Dr. Lewis Evans. May she rest in peace. My friends, today's guest is another Evans family member. His name is Anthony Evans. And for two decades, Anthony has voiced the gospel with his melodic, thought-provoking style. He's one of my favorite guys when it comes to listening to music, that is. And he has emerged as one of Christian music's premier worship leaders and singer slash songwriters. Along the way, Anthony has released 10 solo projects, the last two climbing all the way to number one on Billboard's top gospel album charts. Believe it or not, that is incredible achievement. He's released his first book, Unexpected Places. Uh, He's also done numerous music videos, acted in two movies, and performed as Beast in a Disney Hollywood Bowl production of Beauty and the Beast. In addition, he has collaborated, collaborated on inspirational events with his father, Dr. Tony Evans, and his sisters, Priscilla Schreier and Crystal Evans Hurst, uh, along with his brother, author and speaker, Jonathan Evans. In recent years, Anthony has been working in Los Angeles where he appeared on NBC's The Voice. Uh, his time on the show led him to being discovered and enlisted to perform and produce vocals for various major networks. In addition to bef- to vocal production, Anthony has been enlisted as talent producer for an assortment of popular really re- reality and competition shows. This sojourn in LA has led him to think more progressively about his own music and style. He desires to communicate in terms that connect with people spiritually, no matter where they are in their journey with the Lord, without compromising his own faith and message at the same time. This focus, along with his powerful one-of-a-kind voice, has allowed Anthony to vibrate the doors of the church and to venture beyond. And Anthony is actually... Uh, another uh, one of the authors of Divine Disruption, which you can go and get a copy of right now. And what you're going to discover is Anthony was the mastermind with getting his entire family behind writing this book. And I I am so grateful that he did because I love the book. (laughs) And you must go and get a copy of it right now. Links are all in the show notes below. It is called Divine Disruption, Holding On to Faith When Life Breaks Your Hearts. And this is a, another great conversation with Anthony and I about why faith is so important and the, the struggles that Anthony himself has walked through and what he's learned as a result of that. So my friends, before you go, don't forget to leave a rating and review over another podcast and subscribe before you go. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into this story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice and the story of none other than Anthony Evans. 
Thank you, Jay. I'm I'm really glad to be here. I appreciate it. That that was a a very a very nice intro. I actually kind of spelt weird toward the end. I was like, okay, <laughs> but no, thanks. <laughs> thanks, man. Glad glad to be here. You're like, is he going to keep going or is he going to stop? Know, and like, like whoa. Are you- <laughs> they gave up a lot of stuff. No, 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 man. It's so good to be here. So special, actually, to be here with you discussing this project because it is so unique and it involves all of my family members. A, a book authored by five different you know, nuclear family members. I don't even know if that's ever happened. But the conversation that we have, our hope is to, is to um, you know, really encourage the audience, is the audience's heart toward hope and toward faith. So I love that. Thank you for having that. Thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure, man. And you're right. This book, Divine Disruption, is very unique. I have never read, and I I don't know if you can see already, I'm a huge reader. So I don't think I've ever read a book or even come across a book that has five authors within the same family. And the message is interlined. It's interlinked. And yeah. it all comes together amazingly. Like that's the only really way to describe it. Um, I've only read the first couple of pages of the book and I'm yeah. I'm holding out for until I get a physical copy. <laughs> I'm, that, yeah. I'm that sort of person, but I just have to say, well done for creating this book. I mean, it's a much needed message. I mean, hope kind of seems like it is uh, going ever thin in this ever darkened, darkening world. So I need this book uh, as I'm sure a lot of people need it too. Uh, Anthony, before we dive into your backstory as well, which I'm very excited to get into, my very first question to you is, is a question that I ask all my guests at the start anyway, which is what does success look like for you? Success for me now, I don't want to say this and make it think like, oh, he's so wise. It's because of a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> success to me right now, it looks like, am I doing what I, what I know I'm called to do, what my heart would be doing, whether there was a check involved or not? Am I, am I doing what I'm called to do and am I at peace? Because there was a time where I was doing what everybody expected for me to do and I wasn't at peace and I was still getting paid for it. But at the end of the day, after you get that check, you, can then, you cannot go write a check for peace. So I was not successful, but I had a lot. And the more I had, the, the house I had at that moment, the echo of my voice was painful because the in the house, it was painful to hear that. So it's like the more you have sometimes when it's not based on peace can actually make the success, quote unquote, more painful. Mm. When was the moment for you that you realized this was in fact success for you? Was it actually you being in that home and, and finding the echo of your voice not really liking it so much? Or was there sort of this gradual thing over time for you? Yeah, it, it was it was it was actually a, a moment. It was gradual, but then it hit a moment. It was what 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 where I'm talking about. I was living in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, at that point, and there's nothing wrong with that place. But I, for me, it was all me striving to be something. So it was it was that moment of having events on the calendar, having album an album out that I really didn't like that I kind of made because I thought I needed to sound like this for it to be successful. Um, you know, having relationships and people in my life who had no business being there. I was stacked with a lot of stuff, but it's almost like being stacked with debt. It can look cool to everybody around you, but you get a bill that you know you can't pay. Yeah. That It was at that moment where I realized I cannot pay for this emotionally and spiritually anymore. So I had to make a change or I was going to crash and burn. What was that change like? Was it a difficult process for you? The change was, it was a difficult process because I had to redefine my, my mindset. I stopped chasing the applause yeah. and I started chasing peace. And sometimes the two don't coincide. Sometimes they don't. 
So I had to make a decision to, I'm going to chase the peace. And what happened in that moment, I was, one of the things that happened, like I wasn't with my record label anymore because the, 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 uh, they're great people, but the album that I didn't want to make didn't work, which was made, made me, made it even worse. But so I was done with that. And one of the things that happened is I went into a house that was a studio with some of my great friends who were world-class musicians. I just made an album with nobody telling me um, what they, you know, what they thought. I just was singing my heart and I was, didn't know what was going to happen. I was draining my bank accounts to make this album because nobody was paying for it. And um, that album, I started to tour it and the response from the audience, even though a lot of the songs were covers was like, yo, what went on with you? Why does this sound so like, like you, it sounds fresh. And I thought, oh, I'm never doing anything but this again, because it happened to, to work, um, you know, commercial wise and work wise too. But I was willing to take that risk. And when you take that risk at being authentically you, there's nothing like it. Even if nobody's applauding to be at peace, man, that is God's applause to me. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Mm, I love that, man. So for someone that is struggling with finding peace in their own life currently, they're wrestling with it. They don't even know what it feels like or is. How would you navigate someone through that scenario? Man, there, there's so many different versions of that they can be looking for. C- career peace, um, um, you know, relational peace, spiritual peace, emotional peace. I mean, there, there, there's, there's so many things. But the bottom line is, is for me, and I want listeners, your listeners, because I know we are speaking to people who are faith based people who are Christians and not and all that stuff. I'm not trying to ever, as we talk, push my faith on anybody. I'm telling you my story because you're asking. That's what I want listeners to know that I'm coming from that because I don't ever want people to be like, oh, he's pushing agendas on me. No, it's like, I'm telling you my story. So uh, my encouragement, you know, one time I was on a plane and um, we were circling. I fly all the time. I think I've flown like 3 million miles at this point. Uh, We were circling the runway and the pilot, the, the pilot came on and said, Guys, there's the runway is, is not clear. So we're going to keep circling until they clear the runway. But if they don't clear the runway, we're going to have to divert and land somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they didn't clear the runway. They, they didn't clear it. And we had to divert. And as we were diverting, I, I thought, how many times have I asked to go to a specific place? I've asked God to take me to a specific place. But the runway in my life is full of other stuff. And he can't land what I'm asking for in my life. Yeah. And he has to divert it to somewhere else. So I would ask, one of the first questions I would ask myself is, well, I would be asking God for peace or whatever it is to help me through whatever circumstance it is. And then I would make sure I was being responsible enough to make sure the runway of my life is clear for him to land what I'm asking for in it. Back when I was asked, back when I was all messed up internally with that scenario I was talking about, I was busy trying to make everybody happy. I was busy trying to make this album and get this applause and do these many, this many shows. There was not room for God to land peace in my life until I stopped chasing the applause of others. So I, I, one of the things I would say was make, make room. Mm. I appreciate you being comfortable enough, man, to actually share your story. And I, I say, go for it. Like, I know you're not trying to force it down anyone's throat and I never try and do that anyway. Yeah, either. Yeah. I think we just, we come together, we share our story, and if people uh, want to use it or appreciate it, then so be it. Um, that's the way I look at it, at least. But one thing that I am interested in is how do we, or for you more specifically, how did you learn to trust God's leading in your life in that moment? Yeah, you know, it's hard, but it is about, it, it is just one step at a time. It is doing the next thing. That's how I learned how to trust, is doing the next thing I, 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 um, 
it's it's hard for me because I'm the emotional one of the family. I know if you could see, if your listeners could see me, they would see a, like a linebacker looking dude on here. But sometimes I have the emotions of a ballerina. <laughs> Whatever, I'm okay with it. Like I'm, I'm an emotional dude. So I can't just make a decision to do it. Like my brother can do that. Like he's the logical one. I get all these feelings. So I have to go, I'm going to take this next step. I'm going to learn what it feels like to trust in this next step. Then I'm going to take another one. And before you know it, you're running in the direction that you were scared to go in in the first place because you realize like, oh, this is, this is solid. That's, that's how I've been able to make, to take those steps. So before you got to this point in your life, you, you know, you're still an amazing gospel singer. Um, why did you decide to become a, a gospel singer in the first place? Why, when, when was the moment that you discovered your voice? Like you had this incredible ability to sing and yeah literally pierced the hearts of so many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know that until I was about 18 years old and people around me knew it. I didn't know it. Then um, I just started to hear it like, Hey, you could do this if you really wanted to. Or my dad and mom heard me sing later in life, like just around the house. And they were like, did we miss something with this one? Like, did we? <laughs> and so they started and they, they immediately stressed out and started to help try to help figure out ways to, to encourage me through, through into singing. And then um, in, in college is kind of where where the passion for it started. And I just started to believe people around me who were saying, you can you can figure this out. You, you could do this if you wanted to. And, and the passion, the feelings followed my feet as it relates to my passion for singing. And I believe feelings will follow your feet in whatever it is. Mm. If you're not necessarily like, I don't feel like this. You don't, may not feel like going to the gym. Once you start seeing results, it's a little easier to go up and get to the gym. That's how I did it. One step at a time. Um, in spite of the way that I may f have felt at times about singing. Did you want to be something else besides uh, a singer? Absolutely. I wanted to be a large animal veterinarian. That's what I wanted to be my whole life. What people don't know about me, and you'll, I was probably going to bring him up later, is that I am a horse lover. Like I, I look like a city slicker. I'm in and out of LA and doing all these shows. And that man, when I am off, I will go to a barn and be dirty and mess with my horses all day. And so and anyway, that's that's what I wanted to, to be. And so getting on a stage is way different than getting on a horse. <laughs> so it kind of, uh, life kind of took you in a very different direction, but one that you have finally found peace in and you do an amazing job at it, man. Like I was, um, in 2017, when your song came out called see you again, my oh, goodness, yeah. my goodness, dude, like we're going back a number of years. Right. But still like that, that was one of the songs for me because I'm big into gospel music and, and all that that was one of the songs for me that sort of like helped me just through a dark period. So I appreciate you, you singing that song, man. It's a, for those people that want to listen to it, go and listen to it. But more specifically for you, I want to ask like getting into the, the heart of your story at the moment, when would you say was the most vulnerable time for you in your life? Oh man, I think there've been a few, but the, the most vulnerable time for me in my life was um, losing our mother. I would say there's been a couple couple instances outside of that, but the but the main one was losing our mother. That that was a very hard time because we, you know, any kind of loss is is hard and ridiculous. But that loss for me was on some other on some other level because you 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 speak about faith, you're on stage all the time. You just, and then you're praying like for healing and for God to fix. And he's not. And it's like, how are you going to handle that? And in public, cause everybody's watching or it felt like everybody was watching. How did you cope with it, man? You know, 
I would ask for, um, I would, I would not think I was going to make it. And then for, there'd always be some instance where God would put something in my, right when I felt like everything was tanking, he would put something, something would happen that would pull me back up. And it, it, that's how I made it. Like God graciously kind of throwing me nuggets uh, as, as I, as I hurt. That's how I made it. What were those nuggets specifically? Are you comfortable with sharing some of them? Oh yeah. I'm trying, I'm thinking of, of instances where, well, first of all, I mentioned to you that I'm the wild, uh, wildly emotional guy, but I have, I have had, um, always end up telling stories, man. I, th- th- there's a movie that I remember very clearly because I'm a little bit older, but there's a original version of a movie called the karate kid that I like, like Daniel son, Mr. Miyagi, like not Cobra Kai, not all this new stuff. I was like, nothing wrong with it, but this is, there was a, a, a time in that movie where Daniel son wanted to learn how to fight. He was not interested in anything else. And Mr. Miyagi said, here's a paintbrush and here's some pads or whatever. I want you to go paint these fences, paint like this. And he showed him the upstroke and downstroke. Then he said, go wax and wax on and wax off these cars. And Daniel was doing it and, and thought he'd have to do one or like a few. And he was doing a bunch of cars and painting a bunch of fences. And he was irritated and annoyed. And he went to Mr. Miyagi and was like, I came to fight. Like, oh, you know, that whole, I don't want to be painting. I don't want to be your maid, basically. And Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi simultaneously threw a punch and that motion of painting the fence blocked that punch. Then he threw another one and that waxing off that round motion put uh, blocked another punch. He had no idea that what he was considering to be mundane was teaching him how to fight. And I did not know when I was losing my mom that the things that I was doing in my life that were mundane when it comes to um, working on my emotional health, being for me, being in therapy, um, obviously meditating on God's word, there'd be times where I'd feel myself emotionally start to tank and there'd be something to come that came to my memory like that. And it was because I didn't resent the mundane moments in my life. And that was one of the moments where God whispered into my ear. Like, it was almost like a wink. Like, I got you, like, mm-hmm. I got you. And I would feel those winks constantly. That's that's one of the ways, um, but believe me, I blocked so many punches, emotional punches and spiritual punches with the fact that I was um, before that kind of set up for it. Mm. And it's so easy for us to do that, isn't it? Like, it's so easy oh. for us, the moment we're in pain mm-hmm. and discomfort to just, be angry, to be annoyed, to be frustrated, to have all these emotions building up inside of us that sort of direct us away from the good, which is yeah. God. Yeah. And yeah. So I completely I, understand that, man. I'm so down with emotions boiling up inside of, and of us, obviously, that like that, that happens. We're human. I am not down anymore with not <clears throat> with trying to figure out a way, excuse me, to not feel them and to push them aside. Because I've only, I've learned that if the only way, if you feel it, you can heal it. That's the bottom line. So I've had to put myself in positions to allow myself to feel angry, allow myself to feel hopeless, allow myself to feel the loss. Don't stay there, but I allow myself to feel it. And then I go, how am I going to get out of this? And the truth of God's word in my life has been the way that I've gotten gotten out of it. I'm curious, man, what have you learned about going through all this? What have you learned about the process of, or what really forgiveness is? What what forgiveness is, man, for, forgiveness is in a lot of cases has been setting myself free. <clears throat> and a lot of people know that, but, um, 
And once you realize, you know, for me being a, a Christian man, once you realize all that you have been forgiven of and all that, all that has been, all the grace that has been shown to you, it becomes a way easier to show it to other people, you know? Um, now you, you don't have to forgive and stay in a scenario. I mean, there, that you don't have to forgive and stay there. You can forgive and figure out a new proximity, but I've, I've just learned that that is a forgiveness is, is the key. A lot of times to setting yourself free and getting to where you, you need to be. And in addition, doing the same for whoever it is mm. that needs that forgiveness. Yeah. It's important truth, man. Like I, I, um, I'm currently in the process of, of writing another book, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's towards basically arriving in the place of forgiveness. Mm. And, and you're right. It's, it's a number of areas. And, and the, the biggest one is obviously setting yourself free. So then you can achieve that level of peace. And it doesn't mean that you have to go back to the person either. It kind of means you put up boundaries to protect yourself from being hurt once again. And that, yeah, there's a number of, number of other elements to it that I won't get into, but I, I sort of want to, dive into the area of faith for one's life. And and before we dive into it even further, I want to ask you sort of giving people context. When was the moment that God was made real for you, that he came into your heart and, and into your life? Well, that, that was in the second grade because of, I remember vividly in the second grade making a decision, even though I was eight or whatever. Wait, are you eight in the second grade? Roughly seven Eight, if you're a little slower like me, you know, <laughs> I, you know Same, I didn't yep. have a creative mind. I just didn't, I can, it's not slow. It's, I was creative. And so it was hard for me to pay attention. But anyway, back around then, but I also remember a time when I was 18, when I realized that God doesn't have grandkids, like you're not going to just, you're not going to be grafted in to having a relationship with him because your family is who your family is. And that was a different experience. That was another level of me having to figure out my own situation and how do, how do I want this to look? Um, there's been d- different levels, but those are two of the majors where I was like, oh, this is my journey. This is not my little safe environment. Leaving home for me at 18 was like leaving a greenhouse and trying to grow outside of a greenhouse where the real elements are hitting you. And that's, that can be different. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like, what has your, what has your father taught you about what real faith is? And then, secondly, what has your mother, or what did your mother teach you about real faith? Well, I can couple them together, but I because I'm about to say the same thing about both. Mm. They are my parents are like now that I'm older, I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, I feel like I won the lottery as it relates to parents because they they did not waver. My dad. Growing up, uh, when he was speaking and all that around, I had no idea that he was really fighting uh, in, a, in, a, in a day and age where like a black preacher was not being allowed to do a lot of things outside of the box at all. And he never allowed that to shake his calling, to make him question himself, to make him question God when he was being treated awful by people, my mother too. Um, they just moved forward. My dad did not chase popularity. When, there was a moment where like, um, the prosperity theology was huge. Like there was a whole moment that was real popular. My dad just was like, no, I'm called to do this. And I'm just going to stay the course over here. And that, and that the faithfulness of them, of, of my parents coupled with um, really, they're just, they don't need, they didn't, they don't need a lot. My parents still live in the house that we grew up in. I, I was three years old. We moved into the current house that my dad is in right now. And, and the faithfulness coupled with, with that, not buying into culture, um, those have been the things from both of them that I cling to 
uh, I, I really cling, cling, cling hard to that. Mm. It would have been a powerful, like growing up with that, that is, that is extremely powerful. And mm-hmm. yeah. Why do you think that God oftentimes tests our faith to begin with? You know, I think it's the same reason why you add weight to a barbell when you're bench pressing. Mm. The weight not only shows you that you're stronger, sometimes you, you kind of crumble under the weight, but eventually if you keep pushing that up, your max will grow, meaning you will grow. Like you will grow. I think that's, that's the reason. So when I look at it that way, when I look at trials, when things get harder, when I look at it through the lens of God's truth, if he's working all things together for good, then I can push this up and not think what evil God would put more weight on me when I can't like, that's what naturally will happen. If you're not thinking about the result of, of what, what he's training you to look like and be like. Mm. Yeah, that's important. Absolutely. So can you share, you got this, Amazing book coming out November 4th, I believe it is. November 9th. November 9th. Sorry, yeah. my, my bad. Um, I'm hoping that it comes out earlier. <laughs> um, Divine Disruption. And I believe you are the one that sort of brought all your your family together and said, we've got to make this book. So are you able to share the story behind that? Yeah, I, I can. I, I'll, I'll try to be brief, but back to when I was talking about my album, my getting dropped from the record label and all that stuff, I decided to keep going. Remember I said I, I made that other album, things went great. So the bottom line is back then I started to have to learn how to do all this stuff myself because I wasn't surrounded by management teams and I wasn't, but I was like, I'm not going to stop. So fast forward 15 years later, I didn't know that me learning how to do all that was me setting up my own production company arm. Like it turned into its own production company where everything for me uh, and, and my family, a lot of our family things are housed out of our production company, which is, you know, that, that right there, Sherman James, which are my grandfather's names because they started this whole thing. So Sherman James production started. My mom saw us doing things together under that umbrella. And she said to me many times, but before she passed specifically, she said, all of you together. I want all of you together. Like, and she would be, that was just what she wanted. So my, my motivation changed. I'm, I'm, I'm driven anyway, but my motivation, when your mother says that, then it's kind of one of her last kind of imperative, like you do this kind of statements to you, you do it. So I, I presented the idea to my family. I, I told them, you know, we had, we'd all, we all carry the same DNA, but then we branch out into different personalities. I'm the emotional one. Crystal's the hyper-intelligent. Jonathan's the logical one. Priscilla's Miss Personality. My dad is just this feel. I mean, we all kind of, and I was like, what if somebody could come and sit at the table with our family and hear this story in chronological order, but hear our vantage points, perspectives, how we handled with things, how we handled things, how much, how many more people could we potentially impact with this story? And, and turn somehow this mess in our lives into something good. And then beyond that, our mom said to do it. So everybody sit down, we're doing it. <laughs> That's the bottom <laughs> line. And then the, the production company side of me that I happened upon because of what I viewed as a failure earlier in my career has been able to house and handle it. So um, that's, that's how it happened. My mom said, do it. And circumstances that I thought weren't working in my favor were. Mm. What do you hope the most for people to get out of this book? Oh man, the subtitles holding on to faith when life breaks your heart. I want 
for me and my family, if a life and, and life and our world and everything has been like a raging sea, like being in the middle of a raging sea with no floaties. Like it feels like, you know, so you might stay up if you can swim really hard, but you're, everybody's exhausted. It doesn't matter. Michael Phelps would be exhausted and out there. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I, our faith has been like a life jacket in those raging seas. The raging seas haven't stopped, but the, the, our heart doesn't feel as heavy in the raging seas. I want people to understand that there is an infinite amount of life jackets and all they have to do is put it on. And, and there is a way to hold on to faith when life breaks your heart. And for us, that, that life jacket has been our faith, has been understanding that there is something bigger at play. There is something going on larger than us. I want them to feel authenticity and vulnerability and transparency. But I, when they read that last word, I want them to shut that book and take a deep breath in and say, I'm going to be okay. That's what we want. I love that, man. And I have no doubt that it is going to touch the hearts and lives of many, many people around the world. I mean, it kind of bridges the gap between Christian and non-Christian. That's what, one of the things I love about it, among all the other things that I mentioned earlier in this conversation. But last couple of questions, if that's okay with you, Anthony. But do you feel like anything is currently missing in your life? You know, there's always... I'm really, I'm really trying to answer that question honestly and not give like, I can't answer you do on a podcast. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can honestly say that right now, the only thing missing in my life, I, I, I honestly, Jay, I'm trying to think of something. I can't think of anything missing from my life. I, I even, I mean, I'm the last single one in my family. So I was like, is it like kids and a spouse? Is it like, but I actually am so grateful for, for what I have and the abilities I have and, and this things like this book in my family, I'm like, no, man, it almost feels like disrespectful to say something's missing when you're healthy and you're working and all, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to chill with trying to look for something to complain about because I feel like <laughs> I'm just going to be grateful. So um, right now, thankfully, Jay, in spite of all the circumstances we faced, um, no, but that goes back to the beginning. It's because I've made peace the barometer and the odometer as it relates to uh, the barometer, the measuring stick for, am I, do I have everything I need? Mm. And I, and I have. That. That's good, man. Like you don't need to have something missing in your life. You can be at peace with everything that you have. Like it's yeah. when we get ahead of ourselves and when we want, want, want that we feel even worse. <laughs> we can get ourselves into a lot of trouble, but 100%. Anthony, man, where can people find you before I ask the last two questions, where can they find you? listen to your music and get a copy of this new book. Well, they can go everything one stop shop. They can go to divine disruption That's divine disruption And there's a breakdown of all five of us. And then underneath us, you can click to go individually if you want to, but then the book is there. The book is there too. And all the Amazing. socials. It's, yeah. it's definitely not hard to find. And I highly encourage people to go and get a copy of his book as well. Anthony, man, uh, my final two questions for you. What This is a question that I love asking people towards the end, but what do you love the most about yourself and your story? I love the most about myself. I think I've, I've learned to love the emotional side of me. Uh, I, I think that allows me to connect. It allows me to do my job. It allows me to connect to people. It allows me to write a book. The empathy, I love that. I, I really want to engage in people's stories. I used to not like the emotional side because culture says, be tough, you know. Ugh. So 
anyway, and then uh, what, wait, what was the second part? What do you love the most about your story? What do I love the most about my story is that I am a co-author. The weight is not all on me. I love that, man. Love yes. it. My final question for you, man, is my all-time favorite question. Yeah. I ask everyone at the end of all, all my conversations. Uh, it's a hypothetical one. So I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your mm -hmm. friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? I want that film to show that he was a fierce protector of those that he loved, that he knew how to have a good time and enjoyed life. And, and that through the way that this guy lived, people understood the importance of faith in your life. It wasn't what he said. It was, it was what, how, what and how he lived that, um, that, that made faith important. Perfect send-off message. Anthony Evans, man, thank you so much for your time, for showing up in the world, for your amazing voice that is no doubt going to inspire and, and help so many people around the world. Thank you for being a part of this book and for coming on the Storybox podcast today and sharing a little bit about your story. Thank you. Thank you, Jay, and, and congrats on all the things that the Storybox has been doing, man, and, and I, I love it. And congrats to you. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.